0: Ezekiel connected connect to them, drive bones. Ezekiel connected connect to them, drive bones. Easy go connect to them, Tribe bones. Now he bones, is the, bones, bones, of the bones, bones, of bones of the Lord. Imagine how big God's bones are. You know, I mean, are they
1: so big that even bones couldn't determine some facts about God from those bones?
0: If I sound like I'm talking with my mouth a little bit full, I am. Imagine Bones trying to date the bones of God. This appears to be an 18-foot-long femur. Appears to be a male.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, Mm-hmm. Having trouble gauging the age, my instruments pass straight through the bone. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. There appears to be fragments of long white robe. And what's this? A nick (laughs) from a feather? (laughs) a long white beard hair seems to be caught around this bone uh then the uh uh, says uh bones
1: uh 18 year old 18 foot long femur uh (laughs) white robe residue indeterminate age nick from an angel feather i think we just found god and
0: then no this isn't god (laughs) <laughs> that's right. straight back very very large homeless man
1: uh it, it turns out that bones is an uh, an, an epic not an epic atheist show but a unitarian show
0: <laughs> and then for the rest of the episode people are going can't believe god is homeless you know <laughs> that's exactly um, what they would, be well, doing. It would
1: end with like a sort of a sappy acoustic cover of what if god was one of us
0: <laughs> <laughs> A little montage while well, they all have their own thoughts about what if they were god and well, one of us or homeless
1: well we investigate, he's questioning nietzsche and then he's like
0: fine i did it
1: <laughs> you can see the book
0: <laughs> um and, yes i killed god thank <laughs> you for asking me one time <laughs> um
1: i think also the the other thing is that the, the what would the b plot be in the episode where they're investigating
0: the murder of god oh god Uh, Um, what's the B-plot in the episode where they're investigating? It's got to be like, um, Angela and Hodgins get back together again, (laughs) but he he brags, he brags to, um, both the other people in the lab and some of the angels that he's been smashing with Angela. She's like, it's not appropriate to tell everyone at this, the place that we work, the Jeffersonian Jeffersonian Medico Institute for Sexual Harassment. Mm Mm-hmm that's right There's some prime sexual harassment in this week's episode actually uh,
1: um i guess the c plot would then be like <coughs> them like gopping at
0: aristu because they're like uh, buh, 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 buh. he is not meant to be here he's <laughs> <laughs> uh he's like no it's okay i'm american and they'll go Whoo! oh you Phew. are meant to be here <laughs> hey
1: everyone i love to throw a baseball oh thank goodness <laughs>
0: We get some action. You know what? I said to you just before we started recording that um, I thought this was, this was quite very straight ahead and sort of bare bones, if you'll pardon the pun. Um, but you know what? We do kind of get a taste of everything in this episode. Uh, and that's good to me. But before we get into that, number one, welcome to the Pony Island Whitefish. Uh, number two, I am Andrew. Hello. Number three, this is Riley. Hello. Number four... Breakfast update, motherfuckers. <laughs>
1: yeah, my, I've been looking forward to this one. I've started planning my... <laughs> I've started planning my meals throughout the week so that I get a real banger on Thursday. Okay. Um, so, like, I'll, I'll sort of be, like, assembling nice ingredients throughout the rest of the week so I can really try to, you know, give the people something new and today i have something new and as much as okay I, what i'm having seems pretty normal at first mm-hmm. i'm having a uh, a piece of sourdough toast with uh, mm-hmm. goat cheese and honey mm-hmm. okay. now each of these ingredients has something special about it okay. uh, the, the bread is uh is from a store called fig and grain and it's got figs in it
0: yeah, it goes nice. It goes very nicely with the honey and the goat cheese, yeah. Uh,
1: I generally hate this bread, but uh, it goes pretty well with this combination. Uh, the, <clears throat> the cheese is actually a caprino uh, goat cheese from Italy uh, mm-hmm. that I purchased in a market stall outside uh, the fig and grain shop, because um, in Britain, or in Europe generally, you can buy food from stalls that isn't a sausage and bread. Um, Huh, I know. And then um, the honey is a little pot of Algarvin honey. um, And it was sealed with so many layers of plastic and not plastic, sorry, wax and congealed honey and so on that I had to prise it open with a knife. And it's why I'm a little late to recording today. Uh, (laughs) Yeah.
0: and uh, i was boy, wielding and i was having a winnie the pooh situation
1: <laughs> sorry I,
0: I was in and then my pants fell down but my shirt fortunately
1: stayed on um you know, I, I got my I, head I, stuck in the honey pot <laughs> i ended up using an oyster shucker to open the honey huh yeah fancy that uh, fa- fancy that uh so yeah that's um that's my breakfast update is a bit of fig sourdough with caprino and algarvin honey
0: there you go. Um I feel like the main kind of honey that they have in Australia uh that's like the fancy honey is um manuka honey. Oh, I'm well familiar. That's, yeah, I believe that's how people pronounce it. Yeah, manuka is the the Maori name of the uh manuka tree, which is where they they get the honey from. And like it's a big item here in um in, in stores like in Sydney and Melbourne stuff, uh, in like sort of Chinatown type areas, mm-hmm. uh, where they will sell like sheepskin stuff and souvenirs and manuka honey. Um, because it's a classic like, uh, it gets it, people buy it and take it back to like China for right. some type of supposed health benefits, you know. Um, if you look at the Wikipedia entry for manuka honey, uh, it says... Manuka honey is a monofloral honey produced from the nectar of the manuka tree. There is no conclusive evidence of medicinal or dietary value in using manuka honey other than as a sweetener. (laughs) Uh, So just immediately, please, stop asking us about the benefits of this honey.
1: Mm -hmm. That was probably written by um, someone who wants to keep all of the uh, uh, manuka
0: honey for themselves. Uh, Breakfast this morning, I had a toasted sandwich in the old sandwich press. Mm -hmm. i very much like uh my sandwich press has like the sort of the different heights that you can set it to you know you have a sandwich press with different heights yeah so um you can you can like not be using the height thing at all and then it just like squashes the the toasted sandwich that you're making okay um or you can kind of like set it at other heights to where it's like only just touching the bread like a little yeah just a kiss and that's more of a melt then you get uh like you really properly melt everything inside the sandwich and toast the outside without like crushing the shit out of it which is good great so i had uh one of those with um some american cheddar which i got from costco uh, and vegemite inside because Mm -hmm. a vegemite and cheese toasted sandwich is great stuff get that nice nice saltiness you know
1: Oh yeah. I mean I'm a big veg I'm a big well I'm a big Marmite fan. We don't really have Vegemite here obviously. Okay.
0: I'll just send you some Vegemite. I would I would I, very much enjoy that. I could send you some Marmite. Oh we've got Marmite. Marmite coming out the ass. So mm-hmm. here it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> We're spoiled oh. for Marmite. <laughs> um, Cuz if it comes out everyone's ass then fine. Yeah. Lots of um lots of butter on the outside, you know last night for dinner updates i made uh i tried making like a proper marinara sauce for the first time Mm -hmm. uh can i ask a clarification question
1: uh Mm -hmm. when when you speak to your sort of wife and family and um lodger in the form of lucy if lucy's still Mm -hmm. there um do you do you say hey everyone
0: come to dinner update (laughs) (laughs) took me took a second to figure out what was happening (laughs) <laughs> because you- i say i yell dinner update and everybody has to run in and see what dinner is <laughs> you play the sting that's right if anybody asks me what we're having for dinner that night i'm like you want to spoil your dinner update
1: <laughs> just stay tuned
0: <laughs> yeah um so yeah i was looking at this uh recipe from new york times food section which was for like a a classic marinara type thing and it was saying hey A marinara isn't actually supposed to be like an old nonna simmering tomato sauce for like 12 hours or whatever. It's all supposed to come together in like 15 minutes. Mm
1: -hmm. Um,
0: There were like pro chefs in there saying, if you cook a marinara for 25 minutes, you have fucked it up and you have committed murder upon the marinara. Mm -hmm. Um, I should note here that as Lucy pointed out, in Australia, when people say marinara, they often mean um, pasta sauce with seafood in it. Ha! Huh, that's certainly I, not what we mean over here. I don't know if that's like some weird, stupid, direct kind of translation of the marine part of the word. Perhaps sounds like it. Like a marinara pizza It's like yeah. a pizza with seafood on it. You know. I
1: I get uh, I I get you,
0: but yeah, but it's uh. wrong. It's still wrong. Uh, so I gave that a go, and that's where you basically take like um, tin tomatoes, crush them up with your hands, uh, a bit of water. <laughs> You sliver seven cloves of garlic, and that's a respectable amount of garlic for a recipe. I don't like it when a recipe yeah. says two cloves of garlic. Like, that's the no, thing anyone's off. putting into a recipe. Get the fuck out of here.
1: No, that's, you know what it is? That's a, you're
0: slowly wasting garlic. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wave one clove of garlic near the meals yeah, that's
1: not, that's what famously winston churchill used to say i like my marinara sauce goes, take the tin of tomatoes and show it to a clove of garlic and you're still ugly
0: <laughs> <laughs> makes me think of the uh, the mitchell and webb sketch where they're doing like um, homeopathy mm-hmm. just yeah. a just a tincture of garlic yeah, just one it's... one thousandth garlic <laughs> in this water yeah exactly
1: Deli- D- dilute dilute it to a. Th- if you've been hurt by garlic this uh, sauce will uh help
0: you it's uh, for for vampires that's right but instead seven big cloves of garlic that's what's up put like a quarter of a cup of olive oil in a big skillet get it all nice mm-hmm. and hot drop all your garlic in now do uh, you slice it, it with sizzle. a razor do you slice it so thin with a razor that it liquefies in the pan it's just a little oil i did not do a goodfellas style oh. uh with a razor <laughs> um I just have very sharp knives uh, so that's that's good. Let, mm. let my kid cut up a couple of the cloves of garlic. Did a well, pretty good, good job. Okay. so you throw it in starts to sizzle then you dump all your all your tomatoes in a mm-hmm. uh, bit a bit of dried oregano and one dried chili. okay and then you just you just like um, give it a healthy simmer for like 15 minutes cooks down, you know, cooks off some of the liquid, just cooks the tomatoes, all of the tomatoey goodness and like chili and stuff seeps into the olive oil that's sitting on top and turns it like this deep orange. Uh, And yeah, in the course of like 15 minutes, it turns into this like really nice, oily in a good way, glossy sauce that like sticks to your spaghetti really nicely. Uh, And it was fucking delicious.
1: So That's that is fantastic. my rev-
0: my review of the New York Times marinara sauce recipe. Mm-hmm. Um, tonight I've already done some of the meal prep. I was going to uh, say how how many bibs before we go on to tonight? How many bibs? Well, uh, Maeve, Maeve was having a hard time. My four year old was having. <laughs> she was like, "I need another napkin." It's just like fucking sauce all over her face. We're like, you don't have to wait until it's like literally running off your chin to be like, I wonder if I should do something about this little much you know? yeah I, I more meant like how many bibs out of five but yeah also that
1: also just oh, a factual how many
0: bibs were we wearing um no i, I would give that like a, a, a of like a five out of five for a pasta sauce recipe because mm-hmm. you can do it with pantry staples mm-hmm. um takes very little time to come together really mm-hmm. delicious holds to your pasta really nicely um, if you want to have a uh, meat-free meal without spending a lot of money, all that kind of thing, but something still really tasty, uh, filling, satisfying, you know, mm-hmm. get on that recipe.
1: Yeah. So that's the official Bodie Island Whitefish recommendation.
0: Yeah. And uh, tonight I'm making uh, kimchi udon and some uh, like green onion pancakes, like the, the oh, Korean love, pancakes, you know. I love green onion pancakes. Mm. Love making them doing some of them already done on my prep and that is good stuff That's what we love what we love about here mm-hmm. you know what else we love is these goddamn bones <laughs> show bones can't get enough of these bones they're all <laughs> clattering around With we're, <laughs> <laughs> we're tripping over them yeah we're um it's,
1: we're living like in a sort of basque cathedral where the uh femurs and skulls of the previous parishioners have been built into the structure
0: yeah you see seen that movie uh as above so below
1: uh n-
0: no but i had a friend in high
1: school who had a garage screamo band with that name oh okay so that's basically oh, you probably thing. haven't
0: seen it because it's spooky no um, i you, you know about me right yeah i don't yeah, yeah. uh i don't do spooky uh found footage movie where they're down in the catacombs in mm-hmm. paris so many bones dude so many bones
1: oh yeah well that's that's just when you're
0: like just just when you're thinking to yourself that was probably their whole bone budget (laughs) next thing you know more bones
1: well they sent bones down to bone storage with the bone they did when they send bones to bone storage to get a bone there are the bones they're talking about
0: Uh, ah the catacombs or as the french call it bone storage (laughs)
1: Uh, bon allez à uh, bon storage <laughs> avec les <bonnes>. le bon <laughs> Le Bon so That's well. Oh. actually Simon Le Bon of Duran Duran is actually from <laughs> Bone Storage. Simon the Bone. <laughs> Simon the Bone. That's
0: what they called him in the mob. <laughs> Jimmy Jimmy Two Times and Simon the Bone. I think that's just a good episode title if I'm honest. Simon the Bone. Yeah. Uh, the title of this episode, however, Episode 19, season five. And we're getting mm-hmm. we're getting pretty close to the end of the season here. I know. Hauntology. Um, you know, s- sad stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but luckily, we get a little bit of a taste of everything in this episode. Episode 19, the rocker in the rinse cycle. They fucking love giving away a bunch of stuff in the title, don't they?
1: Oh, yeah. Like you basically, its this is stuff you learn by like 20 minutes into the episode. Like who is this guy? Because much of it takes place at a rock and roll fantasy camp in a hotel, um, which like and uh, and 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 so like the, you just know right from the outset that okay, well, it's definitely it's it's definitely someone from this rock and roll fantasy camp because it's very really telegraphed heavily from the title onwards uh, in this
0: hotel. Our story does begin in that very hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, down in the laundry, where a hotel manager seems to be bragging to his date about being the big boss of the laundry, he's <laughs> <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> "I wanted a whole episode about this guy." <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're just, um, they're just like, um, basically uh, taking this guy is in a suit and taking his date who's like in a little like sort of middle age so she's wearing like a nice dress and all this to the laundry in the hotel where he can brag to her about the um the the horsepower on each individual hotel laundry machine and how important the laundry is to the functioning of the hotel
0: <laughs> yeah he's uh he's bragging about all kinds of stuff he's pointedly ignoring all all of her cues that she is not actually getting extremely horny as a result of this tour of the laundry yeah i was though Uh, she's (laughs) she's fanning at her face as he says things like yes they put me in charge of all of this stuff and all of it together all of this power uh power heat motion and she's like yes heat yeah he's like feeling um, very hot pouring sweat He's like damn Thanos from
1: the uh, the Marvel movies. He's all the power in the world
0: <laughs> in this laundry. He's, uh, he's bragging to her about the machines, how much laundry they can do. Um, he, he pulls up in front of a great big machine uh, and is like, this one's so big that it's economical. So in a way, it's like I'm fighting climate change.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's right. It's, like, it's exactly cool. that. Chicks love that. Uh, here's an example of an exchange of theirs. Uh, he says, They put they put me in charge of all of this. I'm like one of those big shots on Wall Street. Only I deal with laundry instead of money. Uh, <coughs> woman. Wow. <laughs> this is the kind of sharp writing we've come to expect. <laughs> the whole thing is him saying things and her going, Cool. Can we go? That's, that's cool.
1: Um... Also, another little nod to the, ec- to the economic mess is the, uh, the, the understanding of Wall Street's role as a laundry for money.
0: Oh. Am I right? <laughs> wow. That, <laughs> that's some, that is some stellar riding, and it really makes you think, you know? I thought, personally, I thought,
1: damn, I'm horny for this laundry.
0: So, uh, in front of this great big, extremely economical, sexy washing machine... Mm-hmm. Uh, which he's showing off to her. Mm. She, she's still making very clear that she is not going to be fucking him tonight. Mm-hmm. That's, that's uh, you know, a strong strong display of what I'm getting here. Um, there's something rattling around in there, and he's like, it's probably some stuff. Stuff gets into the machine sometimes. He's yeah, like, stuff will cool. do that. <laughs> the water seems strangely reddish, which if you're a big fan of Bones and a regular watcher, you'll know where this is going um all of a sudden hey there's a, a dang skeleton in that big washing machine it's not meant to be in there uh lady screams "Eek!" you know why she's screaming she's screaming andrew you forgot to do the bones count <laughs> Oh no! Ah! Ah!
1: <laughs> you know it didn't really make a lot of sense when they um when they uh, uh uh when they wrote it at the time but boy has it fallen
0: into context i know it's aged really well mm-hmm. uh the bones count for this episode of Paltry eight <sighs> that's very low That's <sighs> very beta we're not loving it i'm just remembering bones take this bone to bone storage <laughs> i know it was such a heady days heady days there um a singular bone count of 14 so quite a bit higher Mm-hmm. so um the team's here they're here to look at this big gooey mess in the machine uh we're all here bones is here booth is here cam is here mm-hmm. they're all checking it out they're like "Ooh, this, this is pretty gross hey yeah and then Yucky. cam says what we all say when we're at work which is hey bones can you recommend a gynecologist to me this is what you want to
1: talk about when you're in a inside a giant laundry drum dripping with viscera
0: now, I don't know what's more silly, the idea that you are in a professional work environment dealing with a dead body, presumably someone who has been murdered, and that you are asking in front of all of your colleagues for, someone, for a colleague to recommend their gynecologist to you. Or, if it's the extent to which Booth goes, Ewww. You can't talk about your, quote, lady
1: parts yeah i mean Uh, you you can't
0: mm, if you try to do it you'll get thrown in jail it's 2009 women can't (laughs) be talking about their lady parts you know No, exactly there's a lot of booth going uh we're not doing this as soon as women try to talk about uh any part of their body that he can't see from the outside and then uh, then a testicle falls out of the washer. That's pretty funny, you know? I'm playing for laughs. The old big nut falling out of the washer. And then Booth's like, "Ew, boy parts. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. Uh-huh. It, just, it just, with the, just has the sexual
1: politics of like, a I don't know, a kindergarten or something. <laughs> but these pretty much. adults at the sexual harassment factory.
0: Pretty much. uh, And then they say... Then they're like hey you want us to go back to talking about our disgusting women's parts credits i'm in the crystal method there's no such thing as women's parts (laughs) (laughs) women's parts what are you talking about uh playing the lead in a Fox procedural uh, crime comedy TV show. (laughs) So, once we get back from the credits, there is a lot of what I would consider to be a bit of the old... (laughs) ...wild speculation. We are in the lab. We are at the Jeffersonian Medico Institute for Sexual Harassment um they're saying things like bone degeneration on the mandible he was probably a cigar smoker that's right <laughs> he's okay. nothing
1: else nothing else could degenerate that for example cigarettes nope they don't degenerate that mandible nope. chewing tobacco nope nope only cigars cubans by the way
0: uh So they're looking at uh, some different injuries and some healed fractures and stuff like that. And uh, Aristu, who we haven't seen for several episodes, he, of course, being one of our most heinous, (laughs) one of our most heinous examples of being a real mid to late 2000s TV show, which is um, Muslim American who constantly has to prove that he belongs. Mm hmm. And when he does, nobody is ever like, maybe I shouldn't have been hassling about him, him about that. They're just like, good on you for passing the test. That's mm. <laughs> kind of the vibe, you know? So we haven't seen him for a while uh, on previous episodes. Well, in the course of this season, he had an accent, which he dropped at some point and then had to admit that he basically pretended to be an immigrant in yeah. order for people to like leave him alone more, you know?
1: Yeah, I I don't understand quite what that was supposed to accomplish other than she, uh, he he like, he's like, hmm, better, better fit into the, better fit into the really intensive stereotype. (laughs) Better, better, that just so no one has to, just so no one has to resolve any kind of contradiction.
0: You know how being a brown Muslim guy in America with a thick accent really protects you from all that discrimination? <laughs> so, um, so is back and he says, um, hey, an injury like this is typical for professional baseball players. And then, you know, he rattles off a bunch of stats, mm. uh, displaying knowledge indicative of being a baseball fan. A baseball American? <laughs> 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 This, uh, this causes Hodgins to say, oh, as he, you know, round, rounds out with a few more stats, um, Hodgins says, oh, and our all-American Muslim drives in a run, nice one, Aristu, and Aristu uh, says, "That's right. thank you, <laughs> thank you for, for giving me permission to be a Muslim who likes baseball, mm-hmm.
1: like, what the it's, Fuck. Anytime Aristu does anything, it's like the, the writers are being like, "By the way, Muslims can play baseball too." And it's like, okay, I yeah, yeah, okay, they sure can. I, yeah, they can.
0: <laughs> well, we did learn on a previous episode that gays can play football. Mm-hmm. It's basically
1: Bones is on a quest to make sure that like they make the point they make the, they make the point in the most like insulting way possible <laughs> that anyone can play any sport.
0: No, I feel like they're going through a specific list and letting you know which minority can do which activity. And until they get to the end of the list, you don't know for sure who can do what.
1: Yeah. Oh, also, I, I, I forgot. I, I have this. Um, uh, I, have, I wrote I wrote this down, which is as soon as I saw the testicle get pulled out of the washing machine. <laughs> now, I had just watched Starship Troopers the previous night. Uh, I, I just watched Starship Troopers the previous night for probably the i don't know the manyth time and uh i was like huh the whole sort of like conversation about being like nervous and grossed out about like about sex while like holding up a testicle does feel like they again they did sort of by accident what paul verhoeven does on purpose
0: yeah yeah holding up a um holding up literally a dismembered sexual organ yeah as they go, yucky bones, don't talk about your gynecologist. That'd be sick. Mm-hmm. Um, now, they have actually snuck in. They've done a sneaky bones trope here, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, what they usually do that we like to laugh about on these episodes oh, is do. that they will, they will introduce a concept before the credits. They will say, hey, there are two puncture marks on this victim's neck. Are you saying, a, buh, 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 they were bitten by a Dracula? Mm-hmm. Um, and then they quickly discern that no, the victim was not in fact killed by a Dracula. And, but they spend the rest of the episode referring to Dracula's and their Dracula-like qualities. Mm-hmm. That's right. Now, uh, they didn't do that with the murder here, but they did do it with the baseball talk. Because Aristu says... An injury like this is mostly typical for professional baseball players. He does his baseball knowledge. He gets congratulated for being a good Muslim who knows about baseball. Yeah, exactly. Uh, then he says, "Thank you, thank hey, you, mayb- real American."
1: Hey, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe freaking, free, maybe freaking uh, Abu Bakr al Baghdadi should have watched the damn Cubs in
0: the World Series. That's right, in my um, opinion. Then Aristu says, I thought our victim played baseball, but then I saw this. A number of mostly repaired impression fractures in the tibia and tarsus. An injury pattern mostly com- most commonly sustained by rock climbers. So, they bring up the baseball thing. They then determine immediately that this guy isn't a baseball player. And then they fucking will not stop doing baseball references and metaphors for the rest of the episode.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, it's going to be like, well, it's that they basically pick something that you know how in the simpsons homer will sort of will sort of just hope like something will hove into view and then he'll say it's his lifelong dream to have done that yeah um
0: and uh, uh i feel like the writers That's of bones, the writers of bones with a single topic
1: yeah and so in this one it's rock music and baseball and apparently none of them can get enough of rock music and baseball and you never hear them talking about what a great time they had at avatar <laughs> you know they never, they're never they not talking about um uh what's 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 his name um uh good 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 guy or uh as ceo or ge- general general flat top you know all those characters from avatar
0: <laughs> all your favorite characters from avatar <laughs> god damn uh so now we're off to the diner um, Booth still does not want to talk about nards or gynecologists. Yeah. Uh, Sweets seems to be impressed that Bones and Booth are talking to each other about who they are dating. And Bones says, you've known me for two years. You should expect to be impressed. Mm-hmm, that's right. Fuck you, Bones. Yeah, f- fuck off Bones. Fuck off Bones. God there's a lot of that shit in this one yeah a lot of being like just shut the fuck up so at this point we are introduced to uh b plot which ah, is B-plot. the cam is trying to find a gynecologist for her 16 year old adopted daughter i love just thinking about the b plots just
1: in relation to the a plots like yeah we found a we found like a liquefied body in this um this is this generally genuinely very gruesome murder and uh, anyway, time to go, you know, see if I can pick up my groceries on
0: time. <laughs> it's just
1: so weird.
0: Oh, no. My sister's coming into town for Thanksgiving. <laughs> like, <laughs> real life and death stuff. So, Cam's trying to find a gynecologist for her 16-year-old daughter who is dating Michael B. Jordan mm-hmm. uh, from Black Panther. <laughs> and so, she's she's like interrogating different doctors about whether or not they will be good at talking to her 16 year old adoptive daughter about having sex for the first time like what are you you doing
1: yeah you've known this person for what like a year two by the way won't know won't don't know won't learn that sounds like it's from a previous season of bones i'm not interested but you know that seems like it's not like you have memories of this person being you know three and therefore being we i don't know I've, I've never seen a child really i don't know any children um i don't think i'd have a lot to talk to them about so anything i say about them is just guessing um well, you <laughs> know i mean
0: i'm really i'm genuinely curious about this because this seems to me to be like a really distinctly american thing right mm-hmm. um in the same way that like when you watch a when you watch like a tv show or a movie that's american and that somebody goes to see a doctor and they're like, okay, take off all your clothes and get into this gown to go and see like your GP, you know? Mm -hmm. And it just makes me think like, I have just never needed to be naked in front of a doctor. Mm -hmm. uh, Except for times when I've been like, I think I have a hernia (laughs) and they've been like, pull your pants down enough for me to look at (laughs) that area of your Uh body. Yeah um or when i recently had surgery and mm-hmm. they were like you need to be in this gown so that we can take it off you and cut you open you know <laughs>
1: <laughs> like um, yeah they like, you have to wear this t-shirt that says i heart my appendix
0: yeah yeah like uh, that just just for me there's just never been any time that i've just like needed to be naked in a doctor's office for no particular reason it's um, really mean, I- weird so with this i'm like yeah. I would love to know if we have any American listeners of this show um, and you you have uh, these particular reproductive organs. When you were 16, did you have to get a gynecologist and be like, I just had sex for the first time. Here's how it went.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's what happened. What the fuck is this? That's what I did. I called a gynecologist when I was 16 and said, I just had sex for the first time. But the gynecologist was my friend. And I was bragging.
0: <laughs> he said, how did you get this number? <laughs> like, it's, this. It seems like such a weird thing to me, this entire subplot, because the whole thing is Cam saying, she's 16. She's going to be sexually active soon. So she needs to have a gynecologist and someone that she can talk to about the sex that she's having. And don't get me wrong. I think that it is important for people to have like relationships with doctors where they can feel comfortable enough to talk about things. I think that's all all good. Like even even from my own perspective, I think it took a really long time for me with doctors to realize that like you're just supposed to be honest about things like you know, how much you smoke and drink and stuff like that. They don't care. They just want to know what they're dealing with. They're not going to mm-hmm. tell anybody. They're not going to say hey this guy said that he smokes weed on the weekend sometimes not going to call the police and report you or anything um but obviously like maybe maybe in um
1: maybe in other countries they won't but in britain's a real snitch country like there are lots of ways that 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 um sort of healthcare providers can decide that you need a government intervention of some kind and usually that involves contacting some agency that's
0: one away from the police that's not good no but um but like in in an ideal world when you are seeing like a a health or a mental health professional mm-hmm. you should just be able to say whatever this is mm-hmm. how i'm feeling this is what the issue is hey i have a problem with my butthole or my urethra or whatever mm-hmm. and they'll just yeah. go cool let me help <laughs> you sort that out they switched <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, it's coming out of my pee hole like clay, like Play-Doh, you know? I'm pooping spaghetti here, Doc. Yeah, yeah. um, Yeah, in an ideal world, that is what you would be dealing with. But in this situation, it's like Cam's whole motivation just seems to be like, hey, it's important that this 16-year-old have a, a professional in a white coat that she can say, this is how it went when I had penetrative sex for the first time. Mm-hmm. It's all got a really weird vibe. So she is um, she is interrogating people. You know, she got a reference to this guy. He's a very qualified doctor. It also immediately gets uh, very flirty because sexual harassment is never confined to the walls of the Jeffersonian Medico Institute for Sexual Harassment they got to get out there in the world. they got to sexually harass out in the wild, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, so, so the gynecologist is like, hey, would, hey, person who has just bought their adoptive 16-year-old daughter in, um, would you date me? And she's like, wow, that's unprofessional. Yes.
1: <laughs> that's unprofessional. Fortunately for you, I come from an even more unprofessional organization. Yeah, yeah. This works for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is... <laughs> Boy, this is our, perfect. You are lucky I work at the sexual harassment factory. That's right. I immediately wrote down at this point, prediction. Uh, they date. Cam wants to know what he's talked to the daughter about. He won't betray her confidentiality. There is a conflict and she has to accept that her daughter is her own person. Mm-hmm. And I was excited to see how that would play out across the episode.
1: Absolutely. And that's largely how it. Ha- what happens. And we can ignore the C plot forever. Or the B plot, I mean.
0: So, um... Yeah, until we get to the resolution. Now, back at the lab, they are identifying this body in the funniest way possible. <laughs> oh, yes. Remember the title, the rocker in the rinse cycle. They're going through all of the items that they've recovered and they're like, hmm, a chain from a chain wallet. <laughs> <laughs> pieces, pieces of denim. <laughs> oh, it's so cool. <laughs> pieces, pieces of denim that appear to be
1: from this per- particular fabric used by Jinko. Oh
0: God, it's very funny. They're going through all these little like bits of stuff a rock and roll man would wear. Mm-hmm. They have also found a bunch of shredded pieces of a fake testicle.
1: Mm-hmm. Cool.
0: Yeah. Um. Helpfully, Angela's supercomputer. Has reconstructed the testicle scraps into a a computer rendered fake testicle. Uh, like, so, is like, that
1: is that an app? Yeah. Right. Is that <laughs> like is that, is that is that like some kind of like startup that's um, called something like Moopy, and it's like and and they they launch at TechCrunch Disrupt, and they're like, um, oh, we dreamed of a better world where you could re- reconstruct fake testicles. <laughs>
0: I'm thinking the testicle itself comes mm-hmm. from a startup. Mm, that's right. Your testicle is currently updating.
1: <laughs> yeah, I got to got to update my firmware. If you know what you're talking, if I know what I'm talking about.
0: Your testicle has lost connection with the server. Mm-hmm, that's right. <laughs> so, so they have all these like scraps of uh, whatever it is, like latex type stuff that would normally be filled with silicon. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been like baked in a fucking industrial thing for hours and angela's like gee i hope we can get part of the serial number and then she instantly magically reconstructs it on her computer and says i'm going to run different color filters over Mm -hmm. it and instantly gets the entire serial number oh that's lucky that just by putting red over it or whatever they could you know make it happen very helpful really um it's good that that being the only clue that they had found they had no impediment at all to <laughs> identifying the victim from it
1: yeah it was the whole thing of um uh, uh of just real the writers realize that they have they haven't like moved the mystery along in about 20 minutes
0: <laughs> yeah yeah oh you think we can identify if someone in 2009 from a wallet chain alone you're dreaming <laughs> Just runs
1: out into the street just even the babies have wallet chains.
0: <laughs> oh boy. Um, I feel like when when booth arrests somebody, he should slap the leather cuffs on them. <laughs>
1: you know, just chain his wa- their wallet to his wallet. <laughs> You're under arrest,
0: buddy <laughs> oh. so um so obviously they instantly ID this guy. Uh, it was a rich guy with oral cancer, he, but he loved cigars. Wouldn't stop smoking them. Real dickhead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and the rich guy also loved to go to fantasy camps. Yeah. And at this point, Booth has to explain to Bones what a fantasy camp is. Somebody explains to Bones what a fantasy camp yeah. is. Yeah.
1: Well, she's like, um, my fantasy was always to go.
0: Oh yeah. Then they talk about science camp and. So, they talk about different camps, but uh, then they say, Hey, this is a camp where you can go and, like, pretend to be a rocker. And this causes Booth to say the following.
1: Music camp. That's not music.
0: That's rock and roll,
1: baby. It's 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 not not music. music. It's rock and roll, baby. Yeah. So... Uh, they it, just kind of does like pseudo british rock
0: and roll baby yeah but so what he really does though is austin powers he does austin powers and he does like the the really embarrassing middle-aged guy throwing up the horns you know sticks out his tongue yeah
1: yeah
0: and all through this episode we get the cool uh, guitar licks to go over the score Hmm.
1: They must have just had so much fun uh, doing that. Uh, I've wrote down a couple of things, right? Because they're in the they're in the front, and a bunch of people who are, um, get oh yeah, dressed dressed like they're in a Twisted Sister music video in nineteen eighty eight.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, they get to the fantasy camp, and Booth is really mad that they're all nerds, Mm-hmm. and they're all waiting. This was my. I think this might have been my favorite line of the episode. Um, when they're all like queued up to register and go to their little seminars and stuff and booth says they're all in line and nobody's pushing <laughs> <laughs> that's not rock and roll rock and roll is about pushing in queues <laughs> oh the signature sign of rock and roll is just being rude just fucking it. pushing people out of the way in a queue they're
1: all in line and nobody's pushing
0: <laughs> god
1: what what, what,
0: what would would that be if it was like he wanted
1: it wanted it to be just a clump of people shoving shoving one another aside from
0: a door just a bunch of people getting trampled to death and no one getting to do the fantasy camp
1: (laughs) that's right rock and roll
0: that's rock and roll baby so he my favorite
1: uh my favorite exchange happens here when um bones is like uh, oh you can like pick up a pass and go to a conference room and then booth says rock and roll is not about seminars
0: <laughs> thank you fbi agent expert on the spirit of rock and roll
1: <laughs> Doc, rock and roll is not
0: about seminars
1: you're queuing it's about things other than that fucking hell yeah all uh, of a sudden though come on i would say all of a sudden they get approached by like the two campers that they wanted to pay to have lines (laughs)
0: yes
1: (laughs) because who boy did they never talk to any other campers (laughs) no
0: of the of the hundreds of people that were there Mm -hmm. and um so they have a bit of a chat but suddenly the music starts up and they're like (gasps) Eric Dalton is on oh, stage and so they're you, like
1: you've missed one other amazing oh, exchange yeah?
0: which is they're like uh where's
1: uh, Simon Graham the guy who's like the pr- legendary music manager and promoter who started this camp and they're like walk this way and then Booth says Aerosmith and the guy's like hey you know your music
0: hey you really know your rock and roll <laughs> you, you know your rock and roll Fucking single from Aerosmith in the '80s. Whoa, you know Aerosmith? (laughs) This
1: is like (laughs) this is is like Garden State, but for someone with more smoke inhalation. This is this is is Garden State for someone with a head injury.
0: (laughs) God. Uh, Listen to this Crazy Town song; it'll change your life. (laughs)
1: It's also it's like yeah, by the way Booth has never been a music nerd before um, Never just like uh, Hodgins has never been a baseball nerd before that doesn't stop them from being like this is my life's passion I've always wanted to play on stage with lead singer of Buck Cherry.
0: I will I will say that from Booth's perspective. I feel like um, for his character what the writers do with him is say any time that is required he is the vessel for a masculine trait mm-hmm. and that might be uh grilling throwing around a football or liking rock and roll um which you know even in 2009 being like walk this way by Aerosmith and listening to a like a Van Halen record was still a fucking old guy thing to do it was absolutely still some like uh golden oldies at this point (laughs) radio in 2009 Mm -hmm. so so yeah simon graham is the is the famous um fake british promoter who puts this stuff on and all of a sudden some music starts up eric dalton is on stage and they're all like the eric dalton yeah, and they go in there, and it's the singer from, it's the guitarist from Buck Cherry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, sort of fake nostalgia
1: for '80s rock music being like channeled through the guitar player from Buck Cherry. Sure, is a 2009 thing. They
0: just didn't oh. know it. God, he's putting it on so hard. Booth loves it. He's bloody loving it. He's like, I want to watch this guitar solo. And Bones is like, no, and unplugs his guitar. <laughs> Mm-hmm. that's right which <laughs> she gets very mad about it. yeah she she basically is the dad from footloose mm. being like uh, no back we have lab. to
1: solve this murder
0: back at the lab we get more of our scintillating culture exchange can i just r- read please some do. of the transcript here to you mm-hmm. uh hodgens this baseball thing are you allowed to play harris oh. do no, the Quran strictly forbids baseball, lacrosse, and, of course, board games with hungry hippos. Hodgins. That's a yes, with an additional comment on my ignorance. <laughs> Aristu. I was a state all-star in high school. I even got scouted by a couple of farm teams. Hodgins. No way. Yes, I still play on the weekends. My mosque is in a league. We play against churches and synagogues. Hodgins. Wow. <laughs> Aristu, wow. you should join us sometime. Hodgins, come on. I can't be on an all-Muslim team. I'm a last lapsed Episcopalian. Uh-huh. Aristu, no, every team has a few ringers. The Jews have a Unitarian batting 400. Hodgins, really? Huh. I never tried to beat the infidels before. <sighs> <sighs> 2009, Man, baby. 2009 was quite an era.
1: Um, just, I, I like to see the, um, uh, I, again, you know what they're trying to do, which is the like, hey, what if we turned all of our What if what if we wrote a character that was like clearly just the projected inverse of all of our um, anxieties about Muslims and then had him be really nice and understanding about like the Islamophobia that's directed to him at all times. Like the word infidel comes up every single episode. Erastu is on screen.
0: Well, it it makes me think of the episode where um, Booth's brother shows up and he has acquired for himself a fiance from India. Uh, you know, he's come back from his travels in India and he's engaged to a woman of Indian heritage and Booth is like, a what? And she's like, don't worry, I'm American. Mm -hmm. So like, uh, that is the recurring pattern with this show is for them to present you um, with a devious foreign devil, which is obviously supposed to cause revulsion in the American audience. Mm -hmm. And then to immediately set those fears at ease by saying, don't worry. Foreigners aren't scary when they're not foreign and they're just American and they're mm-hmm. exactly the same as you. And they have the same accent and they love baseball stats and they want to talk to you about baseball stats.
1: Yeah, exactly. God damn. And uh, that's fine. But, and that, but then like, hey, if you, meet a, if you meet a Muslim, don't be Islamophobic immediately. Ask a question about baseball. And if they answer it in detail, you're good because you're talking to a U.S. American.
0: You can wipe your sweaty brow. Yeah. You know? I do know. Um so back at the FBI they are interviewing the British promoter. Sweets is being particularly unbearable. He's just like, hey, I love rock and roll and rock and oh. roll trivia.
1: Oh yeah, he's also super into classic rock now as well.
0: As we are. Or as we all are constantly. Um so Basically, the, the crux of the conflict here between the promoter and the murder victim was that the murder victim, was the rich guy, was going to tear down an old rock club the promoter loved. In exchange for leaving it up, uh, the promoter will let him do a song with Buckcherry Guy <laughs> on the last night of the camp. P-
1: please, save the, save the community center and do a song with
0: Buckcherry. <laughs> save the rec center. Can you name a single Buckcherry song? I sure can't. No, I can't. I absolutely cannot.
1: <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't really be able to anyway, because I'm a... I'm a, I'm a I am ai specifically like techno, but, you know,
0: maybe. Yeah, I liked a lot of, like, dog shit 2000s rock and stuff like that, but I still can't name anything. Let's see, they had some songs like Crazy Bitch and Lit Up. Sorry. All those classic... Are these Buckcherry songs? Classic Buckcherry jams. What, what pr-
1: actually probably happened for real is that the, um, the people from Bones, one of the, like, Hart Hansen, really liked Buckcherry and wanted to meet Buckcherry, and so in a sense was writing himself
0: as the murder victim here. Oh, you know what's sad? What? Buck Buckcherry is an American band from Anaheim, California, formed in 1995. The band released two albums, Buckcherry and Time Bomb, before dissolving in 2002 right in 2005 lead vocalist josh todd the guy from this episode and lead guitarist keith nelson reformed buck cherry with a new lineup and released a new album in 2016 uh 2006 Mm -hmm. so they were they were back at this point oh good then they found some some success around the time of this episode which explains why they were you know Offered to be on the most financially successful show of all time, Bones.
1: That's right. I hope they. Hey, I hope they got a percentage.
0: So, um, so back at the, I do want to revisit the B plot very briefly. They're back at the diner. Uh, in my notes here, I've written what the fuck is going on uh extremely american psychosexual shit why are you finding this 16 year old a gynecologist just in case she has sex and wants to talk to him about it uh let her just go to some type of counselor or <laughs> whatever therapist mm-hmm. if she has a specific medical need no she
1: has to talk generally about uh your she has to discharge your anxieties about sex
0: that's right you have to talk to the pussy doctor young lady mm-hmm. uh cam says honestly i think you'll like dr lidner and you should have someone else to talk to Especially if there's anything that you prefer I don't know about. She says, "Uh, I told you I'm not having sex. And Cam says, I know and I believe you. But you're growing up and your body, it's a woman's body now, not a child's body. And you should treat it like a woman. Hmm. Why are you saying this to a 16-year-old? What the fuck is going on? Anyway, back in the lab. Uh, they found a little bit of bone, <laughs> ding, up on the counter, up on the scoreboard there. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Uh, from the catcher in the washer, and it was from a woolly mammoth?
1: <gasps> <laughs> it uh,
0: turns out it's from a fancy guitar pick owned by Buck Jerry Guy. <gasps> <gasps> <What? laughs> well, this really breaks the case. They even look at a video of him. Um, getting very mad at a prior concert in Australia. I went, woo (laughs) when they said that, um, that's where I'm from. Uh, they showed a video of him like punching a dude on stage at a show in Australia. And they were like, man, this guy's got a really short temperature. And I was like, cool. So we know he didn't do it. Mm -hmm. Um, absolutely. they go and interview him and he's like, Hey, I'm sober now. I didn't do nothing. (laughs) scan his carpet there's yeah. some blood on the carpet and he was like i was i wasn't even here at the hotel room i just want to
1: give them a real rock and roll hotel room experience to the campers <laughs> uh, also i like that as soon as um uh as soon as they start questioning eric dalton he begins sexually harassing bones
0: <laughs> Oi, lovely there is there is a recurring joke though which is that um Bone said earlier to Booth, "I am a Toad the Wet Sprocket fan," and he's mm-hmm. like, "Oh no." And then later on, she repeats this to the Buckcherry guy after he sexually harasses her a little bit, and she's like, "I like Toad the Wet Sprocket more than your music," and he goes, "Oh, that kills my boner." <laughs> oh, my my peepee sad. <laughs> mm. like, oh, my bono. So back in the lab, we used science to determine that this guy was beaten to
1: death. Oh, sorry. I have the. I have. Sorry. Actually, I do have the. um, I do have the line. Suddenly, the inside of my pants isn't such a happy place. (sighs) Fucking hell. Uh huh. Just again. Just you you get mad until you remember. Wait a minute. I forgot. They write this in
0: forty-five minutes. That's so true. Um. So yeah, we're back in the lab. We've determined that he was beaten to death. There were two sets of blood on the carpet. The first one came from the victim, and the second was from someone with clonopin in their blood, which means they either have a panic disorder or epilepsy. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Hey, it's time to travel back to the fantasy camp in a clear external shot of a Toyota. <laughs> I, I never really got the clonopin. Did that end up being a clue? Uh,
1: no. <laughs> okay. I mean that's actually kind of real. Like sometimes, sometimes you learn stuff that's not a clue. You just learn something and it doesn't really help at all. (laughs) No, it's just a piece of information. That's the thing. It's uh, everything the bones team
0: learns. It's really useful. It's all signal. It's no noise. (laughs) So, um, so back at the fantasy camp, uh, we're sort of panning around the big room. Where Mm. for some reason I don't know if this is my understanding of a fantasy camp, but I didn't really picture every person there playing their instruments simultaneously
1: Uh, and again in a big hotel conference and at like a holiday in conference
0: room it's great yeah there's like there's like 30 people playing guitars there's like just a dozen people playing keyboards there's like half a dozen drummers and it sounds fucking awful it's very bad um bones correctly says this is for losers
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly this is this is
0: this is not up for debate this is for losers this is camp for losers this is loser camp yeah this is loser camp and um, booth's like hey imagine imagine that it was anthropology camp Mm -hmm. who would you want to meet at anthropology camp and she says i'd want to meet me Fuck you bones Fuck off Fuck Um, off Fucking dick uh, I don't care how not autistic you are (laughs) (laughs) According to the show's creators Um, It's It's just very vain you know What I also love is then,
1: like, again, they clearly were like, we've only written 43 minutes of dialogue in our 45-minute time limit. They were like, I know. Let's have them play. Let's have Bones and Booth get on
0: stage and play a perfectly competent version of the song Hot-Blooded. This was so bad that I had to clip the audio. Um, Mm -hmm. Hot-Blooded comes on. Uh, Booth is like, hey, it's time to live, you know? And boy, can he not sing. So no. let me just let me play this clip for you. Here we go. You mm-hmm. hear that? That is our song. Remember Hot Blood? The
1: last time we sang this song, someone tried to kill you. Yeah, but it was fun up until the blast, right? Come on. Um Hot Blood and check it and see. Wait a second, you play the guitar? Well, I play the chanting, the folk lute of the Jola tribe, but Fuck. the guitar is not dissimilar.
0: that is bones playing a guitar solo on an instrument she has never touched before. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. You know, that's, I mean, uh, when
1: I, if I was just sort of walk over and pick up the drums, sort of knowing that I've walked, which in, which is a lot like playing the drums, you know, I've, I've walked a, a short distance. Um, yeah, I would absolutely be good enough to play a, a uh, a solo, like a session musician. God.
0: Then uh, remind me never to do karaoke with David Boreanaz. Ooh. Meow. Classic, classic shout singing. Hot it's just, The thing
1: is, I'm always in situations where I'm being asked to do karaoke with David Boreanaz, so
0: it's good to remember to say no. Just say no to karaoke with David Boreanaz. Painful mm-hmm. Painful stuff. So, um, anyway, they found the other person's blood. Oh, maybe this is how that became a clue. They found the other guy's blood. They brought brought him in for an interview and he's a big fucking nerd. Um, Uh I did note here, it's so interchangeable whether or not Bones sits in on the interviews. Mm -hmm. Sometimes Booth is like, hey, I'm an FBI agent and I'm doing the FBI agent stuff. And other times he's like, yeah, I guess anyone can come in. It's just kind of an open session, this murder interview for the FBI.
1: Yeah, it's you know, it's uh it's like vibing.
0: It's just vibing. We're just it's, vibing. It's, in it's, here F- in this- it's you know what it is. It's FBI fantasy camp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come in and have a crack, you know? So um basically, long story short, this guy uh, loved to play the music and he went to his fantasy camp. Uh, the rich guy with the mouth cancer and the cigars and everything, played a prank on this dude by having someone come up to him and say, I'm from Rolling Stone and you're the greatest guitarist ever. And he went, great. And then he had two girls come up to him and go, we both want to suck your dick like groupies. And he went, cool. And he called his wife and said, get lost. Take a hike. Scram. <laughs> uh, it turned out to all be a prank. So he got into a fight and he got beaten up looks like shit. That's that's where all the blood came from. And he was like, I didn't kill anyone, but that guy was a fucking piece of shit and I'm glad he died. Mhm. Uh, so that's enough for them to make him go uh, <laughs> again for a show that is very fixated on forensic evidence. Um, he makes that statement and then Sweets is like, I believe him. Yeah. Let him go.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's right. Sweet, oh, S- cool. Sweets uses his psychic powers. Mhm. <laughs> you yeah, can see little like little thought lines emanating out from sweets as he as he as forensically ascertains the vibe
0: sweets travels
1: into the man's mind palace mm-hmm. um anyway it seems like uh
0: um they're out of clues oh no out of clues Mm-hmm. so they look at the various this is so fucking dumb they look at the various injuries to the guy and they say yeah. boy again this an- injury is this shape another another thing where they're just like hmm we're out of clues better look at the body better look at the body for the first time <laughs> since we've been out in the world harassing a bunch of people all that kind of shit um and they look at all these shapes and they go huh this shape has this on it. This shape has this on it. And Angela assembles them all. And she's like, it's guitar shape. I feel like we pretty much all saw it coming, that somebody who's mm-hmm. beaten to death with a guitar. No way. Leading to a bit of classic sexual harassment here. Mm-hmm. They can't stop. Aristu says, uh, there have to be over 50 guitars at the fantasy camp. Without cause, we can't get warrants for all of them. And Angela says, yeah, but that shape. The bottom's too curved to be a telly or a strat. It's not an SG because the tailpiece wraps around, and then there's the distance to the jack plate. I think we're looking for a '57 Gibson Les Paul, and Hodgson says that is so hot that you know that I am uh-huh. sexually harassing you.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, there is it's again, and also just uh, huh? I can't. She's never talked about guitars before, but she's also Angela nope. always takes the, pra- the place of um uh someone with interests <laughs> but someone with interests but also she tends to have someone with like dude interests like stereotypical guy interests
0: well yeah she was well, she kept like, saying like i wish my dad was here to see this very expensive rare guitar my dad yeah. loved guitars that's why i know about every guitar
1: yeah she's she'll, well she's always gonna like be presented with you know hodgins talking about some nerd shit and then um uh and, and and then like and then just know more about it than him and then like you know a bunch of you know early early stage reddit guys are are
0: like um are going to be like epic so um turns out the guitar is extremely rare and expensive that's why i belong to the rich shithead, uh and one of the girls from the camp that's right one of the only two characters that got paid to say lines <laughs> is the one who sold it to a pawn shop. And she's now getting interrogated. By the uh, way, which of course,
1: at, at this point, you can pretty much surmise who the murderer
0: was. Yeah, you've already had um, the only other two characters with speaking parts, say, resolve their own conflicts mm-hmm. um, by saying, I didn't kill him. instead of immediately confessing when they got asked
1: exactly and so now you know it's not going to be there's one character left it could possibly be
0: yeah so Uh, oh
1: no sorry there's two it could be that one or it could be a random person
0: who you'd haven't heard from Uh yeah so this girl says he was a poser he didn't deserve that guitar i know it was wrong to take it but i swear to god i didn't kill him and sweets is like i believe her (laughs) 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 can we think of a forensic reason why not no i just i my believes i have believes um and booth says just casually throws this out there me too too bad she's going to prison for grand theft is that legal can you do that can you question someone for one crime and then arrest them
1: for another one i don't know know
0: if you can um but i like i like that he he just casually throws out that this person who completely cooperated with their investigation is absolutely going to prison for a long time anyway Mm mm-hmm Thank you, FBI. Yeah, it's great. I, 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 booth, now, I mean, Modern
1: Bo's booth would just be like, you know, going on to QAnon Facebook groups and then <laughs> saying, hey, anyone want to kidnap the governor?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so back in the lab, they're like, we're going to need to wrap this up. Uh, they got the guitar back. It's been thoroughly wiped clean. They're like, oh, no, the killer has cleaned all their prints off it. Um, Cam's adopted daughter shows up and says, You're dating my psychologist? Question mark, question mark, question mark. And Cam's like, yes, I'm so sorry. And she says, well, you're going to keep dating him. You need to go on a date. You don't have to take any responsibility. Mm -hmm. Cool. (laughs) Great. Because as we've established in the writing of this show, any time that there is a character who seems like they might be forced to actually reckon with something like uh, Booth's father... If you remember Booth's infirm father, who could not be trusted to look after himself anymore, despite insisting that he was going to live outside of the precious American nursing home, Uh, got to the end of the episode and then he just turned to Booth and said, I'm going to go back now. Mm -hmm. Well, I have learned my lesson. Yep. Um, So the guitar had been thoroughly cleaned and restrung except that the killer left a hair in one of the new strings and oh, it's no. purple just like the hair of the only character who had a speaking part <laughs> who has not yet confessed to the murder <laughs> so they, they go in back to the fantasy
1: camp and would you know it it's the same guys now playing a solo with eric dalton with <laughs> the eric dalton he's playing with the guy from Buck Cherry. <laughs> and then it transpires that he said then as he, he they let him finish the. he sees them come in and he's like they're like you're gonna be arrested after this solo and he's like you know what I'm gonna finish this song and they're like we're gonna let him finish this song <laughs> and then he jumps off the stage and says I couldn't let that poser play with the guy from Buck Cherry go ahead do it man it was
0: worth it it was worth it to play this solo with Buck Cherry. It was, it was actually it was an even more condensed version than usual because they didn't even need to ask the question. They just, like, Booth just waved the handcuffs at him. And he was like, <laughs> oh, that's my cue. And he that's finished odd. up his song and he jumped off the stage and confessed to the crime without being asked. <laughs> that's my cue to go to jail. <laughs> oh, there it is. There he is, folks. And that's was the end of this episode very very silly and that's everyone else's cue here to go to
1: jail That's the, right. j- the jail of not listening to us for another week
0: <laughs> flawless absolutely flawless we love it we love to hear it we love to see it if we could see the things that we were saying mm-hmm. hey uh, draw what you think we're saying uh, and then <laughs> send it
1: in <laughs>
0: uh well that's it for us thank you please remain in the prison of not listening to us until next week when we will be talking about the yeah. third last episode of the season
1: yeah get, get, get ready to live in prison for a much longer time
0: <laughs> then you are going to prison indefinitely <laughs> that's right Beautiful. thanks everybody we will see you next time bye